Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Guys, I have Kunal here with me, and it is race week. Or it's raw seek. It all depends if you are the Ferrari admin, you know, listening into our podcast. Hi guys. Hi Mithila. Hi Antara. We've actually converted our studio setup into a child-friendly setup. But you know, studio talks aside, we are going to be racing at the Nurburgring this weekend, and I absolutely expect Red Bull and Honda to grab all the headlines in the days to follow. Kunal, it's crazy news, right? I mean, you know, all of us, all along, we thought that you know, probably the weakest link in the sport was like Williams or Haas or maybe even Renault, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, Honda goes and quits. Boom. Yeah, and just goes to show, you know, the, you know, the usual flow of how we have leaks and there are rumors and then an official confirmation. In the case of Honda, that just wasn't the the, the case. You know, like Honda just operates in their own way. Suddenly there's a press release and boom everyone was taken by surprise including the english media who you know generally break such stories before they get official but yeah like you said you know uh, uh honda has taken uh, you know honda was completely out of the blue that their, their announcement i think they already raised a few eyebrows uh, you know when they renewed last year only for one season you know but yes you know th- that's how it goes i guess in formula 1 and with honda yeah you know kunal i think these one year contract extensions they literally epitomize valtteri bottas because Ouch. he's been living with them for what five years now he's had five one year contract yeah. extensions he's had one more this year but i guess that's that's all the air time that valtteri bottas gets in this episode because guys in this week's episode of the inside line f1 podcast Mithila and I assess power unit options for Red Bull Racing and cockpit op- options for Max Verstappen. Yeah. Honestly guys, I don't like talking power units a bit too much, you know, because it's more about the politics than the sport. But anyway, we will explain how these hybrid turbo uh, power units are here to stay till 2025. Yes, that's what the ruling says and that's what we will discuss further on, but We've actually got some bits and pieces on Ferrari and Mercedes's social media videos. Plus we'll speak of how Hamilton and Leclerc both made it to the most influential sport celebrities list, but Max Verstappen didn't. Yeah, you know, in fact, Kimi Raikkonen missed out too. I mean, I don't think he cares and hence we shouldn't care either. <laughs> I don't think anyone cares about yeah, that list. A part of me cares, but okay. Anyway, I also want to highlight some bold statements made by Felipe Massa and Sainz and we're going to wrap up this whole episode by talking about the calendar for the 2021 season. Yeah, so a lot is in store and like always we we have started the episode with the lovely tunes of Lucien Byfield. Thank you Lucien for your tunes. We love your music and you guys can actually listen to all of his music on Bandcamp. Great. Thank you Lucien and in fact Kunal, you know given the new circuits we've been to this season and we have two more to come actually this Imola and Algarve. I'm going to request Lucien to re- resume his uh, moments in time segment on our show. That's a damn yes. good idea. Yes, Lucien, I enjoyed it. I'm going to write to him but Lucien we know you're listening and I think it'll be great to have moments in time back for these two races to go we actually didn't think of it for the the two races that you know were were there new but okay uh guys also somil and i will be back uh, later this week with the pits to podium segment to discuss the 2020 ifil grand prix basically the race that's going to be at the nürburgring it's called the ifil grand prix i'm sure you guys know that 
great so guys honda will leave formula 1 for the fourth time in history and uh, i guess by now everyone knows that they're going to leave at the end of the 2021 formula 1 season basically the end of next year and guys this means that red bull racing is out on the market and they'll be looking for a new power unit supplier again again the true word being again and it's like their second such search in what three years because 2018 they had a switch uh and, and you know now they're going to have a switch again so this hybrid turbo era has really caught out red bull racing you know they're they're uh, they've been looking out for a power unit supplier pretty much every season trying to get the best of the best right but uh, honda's exit uh, is actually such a blow for formula 1 for red bull racing and most importantly for max verstappen right and frankly there are just so many thoughts to express Then I really think uh, we should put a structure out there so that none of us get lost. Perfect. So you know what? Let's put all these questions down and then talk about all of them. So I'm going to start. Why is this a loss to Formula One? And then you know what? Let's go with why it's a loss or a big blow actually for Red Bull Racing. And then we should talk about what Max Verstappen could do and should do. Uh, you know, following this news. Yeah, he should definitely listen to Antara's cooing, which I'm hoping you guys can all listen yes, to guys, as well. Yes, guys, baby, Antara is one month old, and she's already on our podcast. <laughs> okay, so uh, the first question was, why is it a loss to Formula One? In my mind, I think I can think of several reasons. You know, the the first one being that uh, Honda obviously was the only new power unit supplier to join the sport. uh you know in this whole supposedly manufacturer or attract attractive uh, hybrid turbo era that was announced uh you know 2014 and of course when the hybrid turbo era started um and to see them go despite them performing well in the last two years is definitely a blow for formula 1's imagery you know i mean any manufacturer or team leaving uh, the series is bad pr and you know honda actually stuck their neck out you know through all the really bad years with mclaren and it's only in the last two years that they've been starting to do well but they still said guys that's it you know formula 1 doesn't make the cut for us so yeah it's such sayonara. a pity really and you know what guys in fact i need to add here so honda they've actually confirmed that they haven't based their decision to leave on any uh, you know economic impact of the pandemic it's just that they wish to focus on other innovative technologies and formula 1 was no longer you know in that list for them but kunal i must also add that honda have renewed their commitment uh, to race in indica literally till the end of the decade quote unquote uh, as it said in indica's press release wow. so they made a choice yeah i mean yes uh, they actually have made that choice Ironically that commitment was made like a day or two after their decision to pull out of Formula 1 uh and I know it sounds a v- very confusing but here are a few facts right and I'm going to quickly just run through them first uh, the IndyCar you know new re- engine regulations that will come into effect from 2023 they will be the 2.4 liter twin turbocharged V6 with hybrid technology like all things american you got to memorize these things as well Uh so it's a different engine altogether from what they use in Formula 1 but most importantly Honda's IndyCar program is run by Honda's arm in America and it's got little ties to you know what Honda does in Japan much yeah. like you know they had with the Formula 1 program Yeah but you know what Kunal it's still Honda just saying that they did choose to continue with IndyCar so I think that bit hurts no matter how you look at this 
it does hurt to uh, i'm sure you know red bull and max verstappen are most hurt but uh, let's move on right so let's go back to talking about uh, why losing honda is such a big loss for formula 1 right so in terms of power unit manufacturers we are now down again to just three of them that's ferrari mercedes and renault and the current hybrid turbo era rules are to last till 2025 at the very least okay so that's like five more seasons uh, from now and uh, honestly i don't know if this gap of five years is a long enough duration to attract a new power unit manufacturer to into formula 1 yeah exactly you know what and kunal you know this is also where honda is such a great example because they took what three or four years before they had a hybrid turbo power unit that they could boast about yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and Honestly they were ridiculed every single step of the way while they waited to get competitive. Yeah, I mean we've made a fair share of jokes. GP2 engine was not mine, so although many. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? In fact Ferrari they're still struggling and renault have only just found their way so i think the current examples might actually be quite detrimental to attracting attracting new suppliers to the sport can you believe it ferrari are still struggling the only time they got on top of the engine was you know mid 2018 and all of 2019 they had a clamp down so it's a little too crazy these regulations and it's so strange that you know mercedes are the only ones to have mastered these regulations right okay but so let's move on from there let's just talk about how uh, you know three engine suppliers might still sound pretty sufficient given that there are only te- 10 teams on the grid right but we've actually spoken about this before of how ferrari and mercedes are literally controlling the competitive quotient of the grid that's a really good point and you know what kunal we had this discussion i think two or three seasons ago i remember it was a very interesting discussion and it's time to revisit that actually uh, i remember we said that ferrari and mercedes were refusing to supply to red bull racing back then uh, you know the worry was that their works outfit might be beaten by a strong customer team like red bull racing and obviously that yeah. would have been terrible. yeah and our point still holds true right that ferrari and mercedes are unfairly controlling which teams can win and which teams can't or which teams can at least perform well and which teams can't right but back to our questions you know we've discussed the the negative pr and the sporting impact of honda's decision to leave formula 1 what what were the other questions i can't seem to gather my brains around it yeah i i think uh, you know the sporting impact also leads us to discuss you know what a loss this is for red bull racing i mean they've literally gone all out with honda Uh, Honda have received probably no criticism when one uh, compares to just how much Red Bull Racing criticized Renault during their time together. True. Endless complaints. But what's worse for Red Bull Racing is the impact this could have for 2022. You know, a new power supplier to work with as we enter an era with new regulations. Yes, and you know, Red Bull Racing would have definitely loved some of that continuity into the new era. I would say. but you know that's just how it goes i think though if there's one thing they're really used to is changing power unit suppliers and the other thing is you know not having a stable second driver in their car right so they've been in this position before looking out for a power unit supplier i'm sure they'll figure a way out exactly that, that's what everyone's hoping yes and kunal even if they can't figure a way out uh 
Formula One already has. I mean, Renault will be forced to supply to Red Bull Racing, given that they have no other customers from twenty twenty one. Actually, yeah, but the question everyone is always going to be discussing, including Christian Horner, Helmut Marko, and the likes, is. Would Red Bull Racing want to go back to Renault? I mean, they've had a nasty divorce just a couple of seasons ago. Uh, but let's take the next few minutes to just assess all of Red Bull Racing's options, right? So, Mercedes—that's the first one everyone would want, including everyone you know inside of Red Bull Racing, right? So, I honestly don't think they will dare to supply to Red Bull Racing. That's my assessment. But Kunal, I'll tell you what—you know the whole. Uh, McLaren Mercedes deal that gives me hope, and hopefully, possibly, Liberty Media will just step in and make Red Bull Racing uh, Mercedes uh, that partnership a possibility. Yeah, the only difference between twenty, you know, eighteen or twenty seventeen, and and now is that uh, back then, uh, you know, when Red Bull Racing were denied access to Mercedes or the Ferrari engines, Liberty Media were just about the new owners of the sport, right? So. having been in and having gotten all the sporting and the commercial changes they wanted to formula 1 uh you know let's hope that they are able to actually get mercedes to agree to supply to red bull racing because that's what we would all want right but that's it about mercedes for the very moment i i mean i, I don't think ferrari engine is what a red bull racing would really want at this time given what ferrari's customers have been going through yeah i mean exactly like look at ferrari's customer teams they're all languishing at the bottom of the table uh, i think renault has made decent progress in the last 12 15 odd months uh, so you know maybe the default option for red bull racing might not be a very bad option after all uh kunal i would love to be you know that fly on the wall when christian honor actually approaches uh, Renault and they have the reunification docs. Cyril Abitabol that that's the guy who they will end up speaking with. His recent comments were that Renault are seeking a partner team and not just a customer, right? And the key difference uh, being that a partner team actually might just have a say in the development of the power unit and and so on, right? So uh and of course in a customer case what happens is the manufacturer just makes it and gives you a ready to use product right so personally i think red bull racing might be interested in such a partnership approach you know i mean it's better than just being a customer team like i said you just have to accept whatever is sort of given to you at that time yeah i think the final option would be red bull racing making their own power units uh, they could just buy honda's ip and take forward their work but could i like doubt that's going to happen i think you know the time and the money uh risk of such a move it's massive oh yes absolutely the complexity of the hybrid turbo power units plus their costs you know these are two massive entry barriers for red bull racing and whoever else wants to you know sort of become an independent supplier right and that's the reality of what these hybrid turbo units have done they've sort of locked in who can get in and who may never get in to the sport you know and i'm sure you guys all remember for example cosworth you know who existed in the sport as an independent engine supplier uh, you know like any privateer team could just purchase their engines and literally go racing but that cannot happen in this era i think it's only after one breaks down all these options for red bull racing uh you know that's when we realize the three power unit suppliers are just not enough in formula 1 right yeah i mean if, yeah. if if i would have it i would say 
for all the high speed circuits i'll have a power unit for all the low speed circuits i'll have a b power unit yeah, but that would be ideal that that's that formula one has passed nobody's yeah. going to spend so much money and i think kunal three power unit suppliers seems insufficient when we consider that you know if a particular supplier is allowed the right to refuse supply to a particular team yeah yeah that's what keeps happening in formula one right and this is exactly what i was talking uh, about to one of our listeners rick He's from Belgium and we were talking on Twitter uh, where he actually proposed that no supplier should be allowed to refuse to supply to any team on the grid. And I think that's a very noble way of sort of going. It's a great idea. Yeah, but that's utopia, right? Like Formula One will never be able to pass such a rule till such time the teams actually have a say in the rulemaking, which is how it is currently. True. And Kunal, I just realized that we've gone, what, more than halfway through this episode and we're still discussing the first topic. So I think it's time to move on. And we're going to talk about Max Verstappen, actually. We're going to discuss uh, what his chances are going to look like. Well, okay. One last point before we actually move on from Red Bull Racing, right? So Honda's exit could almost certainly mean that Mercedes's dominance in Formula One might just continue for a few more seasons because... That's the long and short of it, right? Red Bull and Honda have been the the most fierce, always the most consistent competitors. Ferrari have, of course, fallen back and we know what's happening. But that's like a sporting and a business loss to Formula One. Okay, so Kunal, Max Verstappen. Uh, Moving what, on, yes. Yes. Uh, what could he do? Uh, you know, would he choose to kind of continue at Red Bull Racing or will he jump ship or... Where will he jump? And, you know, so many questions. Um, guys, I know uh, our listeners will tell us that we've been asking these questions for, what, several seasons. Uh, we've been wondering which will be the team where Max Verstappen will etch his legacy in Formula One. That's a question I was going to ask again. So thank you for bringing it up. And Kunal, uh, increasingly, it seems to me that Red Bull Racing might not actually be that team. Yeah, it's actually, if that's the truth, you know, it will be just so unfortunate for Red Bull Racing because, you know, one would have thought that finding a star driver like Max Verstappen is the tough job, right? But for Red Bull Racing, finding a competitive power unit for their cars is actually a tougher job, right? And that's so strange, right? Because that is a problem money can solve. You know, you just pay for a power unit and it's uh, easy that way. But apparently not for Red Bull Racing. And just for the record... Red Bull Racing spent nearly £240 million pounds, uh, for the 2019 Formula 1 season. So there's no dearth of cash around that. Let's just stick to that number because the cost of power units, you know, if you're a customer team, is roughly 5% of that budget, right? And just to do the math and just to make sure my math is right, 10% would be £24 million. Pounds. So 5% is 12 million pounds. And that's roughly the cost of power unit supply for a season, right? Okay, but you asked us about Max Verstappen. This is what I see. I see two possibilities for him. First, we might just see Max Verstappen continue to, to trust Red Bull Racing to find a suitable power unit and keep racing there till at least 2023, right? And to me, this is the boring option, honestly. True. I mean, Mercedes, they're invested in Lewis Hamilton and Ferrari have Charles Leclerc. So, Kunal, unless a race-winning seat comes up elsewhere, maybe Verstappen could just stay along at Red Bull Racing. And 
Also, form factor for 2022 will only be known in 2022. So, you know, till the end of that season, Verstappen will stay at Red Bull Racing. Uh, then, you know, probably he'll have like one more year on his contract with Red Bull Racing. So maybe we could see a change then. Yeah. So we are trying to say that either Verstappen will move in 2023, depending on how Red Bull is in the new era and, you know, who the power unit supplier is and so on. Or he might just see off his contract till 2023. But this could mean that at least for the next two seasons, you know, 2021 and 2022, Max Verstappen might not win a world championship. Yes, Honda is bringing a new power unit to 2021. But, you know, it's going to take a lot more to just go and beat Mercedes, right? But uh, I'm going to now go back and try and discuss a more uh, more interesting option, right? Because, you know, Max in Red Bull Racing, chasing down Lewis Hamilton, that's what we've been seeing all along. And that, if it continues till 2023, that to me is a boring option, right? And I don't think that this boring option is the best for Formula One because the sport needs Max Verstappen in a consistent race-winning car where he can challenge Lewis Hamilton for the world championship. Yeah, Kunal, I think too many talented drivers' uh, careers have literally been wasted because of a lack of competitive options. No names. No names whatsoever. (laughs) But, you know, I've been thinking, could Honda's exit trigger a Hamilton-Verstappen partnership at Mercedes? Because... It will be absolutely box office. Plus, it will allow Formula One to narrate, you know, a handover of, you know, reigns of sorts in the world of Formula One. And Netflix will go crazy. (laughs) And I don't think such a move would be possible unless Liberty Media steps in and works together with the teams, with the drivers to literally make it happen. Because, of course, at this moment, Lewis Hamilton might just say no. True. Uh, I just guess that, you know, if the teams and the drivers are already... uh, Cost is not going to be a factor. Like, everyone will find a way to make it happen. Uh, Kunal, I think another very exciting option would be Verstappen going to Renault as either Alonso's teammate or after Alonso finally uh, hangs up his helmet in Formula 1. Which is, actually, that's earlier. I thought he'll go at least till 2030 or (laughs) something. But um, for that matter, you know, we should actually talk about Renault. That if an option opens up at Renault... Let's hope that Renault actually have forgotten all the negative comments Max Verstappen made about them, you know, when Red Bull Racing were powered by Renault power units. And now that I think about it, even if a slot opens up at Ferrari at some point alongside Charles Leclerc or even Mick Schumacher, I hope Ferrari forget or have already forgotten all the cheating comments that Verstappen made about, you know, their power unit just literally last season. Yeah, Kunal... I must note that it's been, what, 20 minutes since we've been on this podcast. Exactly 23 minutes and 45 seconds. And we're still discussing our first topic. We have made no headway after that. So I think just to be fair to all our listeners, we should defer the other topics to our next episode. Sure, that makes complete sense. I'm loving this conversation. I never thought we'll go this deep. But let me cap off the whole power unit discussions by just sharing a few more points like I always do every time you say, hey, time's running out, right? So the the first point is that the current hybrid turbo regulations run till 2025, right? But there is a design freeze after 2023, right? So the freeze is actually to help uh, power unit suppliers to save money and focus on the new regulations that would come into effect in 2025, right? So again, I would say this is really smart thinking by Liberty Media to keep costs 
sensible so true and also for 2025 there's no indication yet on uh, you know what route the sport might take like will they switch to synthetic fuels or will electrification take far more uh, importance in the sport formula e that's what formula 1 is going to go yeah and kunal i'm just thinking back i mean i, re- I remember that you know earlier in the year we recorded this episode where we discussed formula 1 even considering a two stroke hybrid uh, engine for the future So all options in the hat. Yes, you know, and whatever the formula might be for 2025, two things are for certain. First, their relevance to the issues faced by the global automotive industry and you know how the new formula will sort of help address that. And the second, the sport's ability to attract independent power unit manufacturers like Honda or Cosworth and so on and of course Honda being a bad example right now, right? So guys let's remember Honda's exit and the reasons for their exit will make the likes of Renault and Mercedes also stand up and take notice because they're all you know large car manufacturers playing in the same arena global arena I mean Yeah and could all it's all speculation yet but could Mercedes sell off to Ineos and become an independent power unit supplier for Formula 1 I mean is this why Lewis Hamilton and Toro Wolff's uh, contract extensions are delayed have to ask those questions Yeah I mean in fact maybe uh, could Mercedes uh, turning independent be the only way that Red Bull Racing can get a supplier of that championship winning power units That's so many a, questions. So many questions. 2020 is going to be the season when we ask the questions. It might just be a Mercedes Lewis Hamilton washout on track, but you know, in lots of other areas of the sport, we are going to remember and look back at 2020 to see like how there were some monumental shifts in careers of drivers, careers of, you know, racing teams and and car manufacturers, and I really hope that the future is different and hopefully it's a brighter future, right? So Cheers to that. Cheers to that and That's it from us folks. Uh, we actually didn't end up completing our agenda for today's show. Kunal talks too much. Okay, well, it was an interesting subject, right? And anyway, so we will hope that you've enjoyed this discussion that we've had around, you know, Red Bull and Verstappen and Honda. We will see you in a few days for the Eiffel Grand Prix. Thank you very much for tuning in. Keep racing guys. Adios.